0: another episode of breaking into cyber thank you all for joining us if you are on linkedin please ensure that you follow myself as well as doreen follow the show breaking into Cybersecurity. if you're joining us on youtube don't forget to hit the subscribe button as well as the notification button. That way you can get notified the next time we come on. And if you're joining us after the fact on podcast, don't forget to share it with all your friends and family for anyone that's interested in cybersecurity because I think today we'll have a great story from Doreen that that really shows um, how you can use transferable skills from any part in your life and apply it to cybersecurity. So, Doreen, uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your background.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of background. So, uh, I'm Doreen Ellenwood. I am currently doing uh, operational technology cybersecurity training, Uh, and I actually was in a completely different field just over two years ago. So, uh, you could say I am a recent breaking into cybersecurity uh, person, Um, actually started out in tech. Probably um, along many years ago, over 20 years ago, um, because I was working for a company and I took a computer class, and the instructor and I had lunch, and I said, "Oh, I would love to do what you do," and she said, "We're hiring," um, and <laughs> that's how I became a, a, a computer trainer, uh, and then that just took me places, uh, and now I'm uh, back in tech is cybersecurity, and I do cybersecurity. We're in a stream
0: let's kind of talk about that, that first PC training role. Uh, You you mentioned, you just asked the instructor, like, what can I do? And then you're like, we're hiring. It was that simple.
1: Yeah. Um, And and I think often it is. Um, I always say you get a job because of what you know, or or who you know. Uh, And if you don't know anybody, and you don't know anyone, you got to start learning things and meeting people. Uh, And so I always try to, you know, talk to people who are doing interesting things to see what's out there. Uh, Then that was in the, you know, in the nineties during the big tech boom, when uh, I worked for a company that's no longer in existence called Executrain. And all they did was uh, corporate training. They did uh, help people get trained in um, whatever, Excel, PowerPoint, Lotus Notes. Uh, (laughs) They would literally hand you a, a manual and say, you're learning this tomorrow. And uh, you have to learn it. And and I got a lot of really good skills in, through that. Um, and then I kind of, you know, just followed people. People, you know, had opportunities. And I I'd always say, yeah, uh, does anybody know how to write a manual? Well, I never wrote a manual before, but I have a... Degree in English. So I was like, well, I, you know, how hard can it be? <laughs> uh, and that got me into uh, another job, got me into law firms, and I had niched myself sort of into law firm technology. Um, and I didn't really love it. So I decided that I was going to retrain myself to do something else and uh, decided, well, doesn't have to retrain myself. I should do something else. So I became a massage therapist. Uh, about as opposite of technology as I possibly could be. Um, And I did that so I could dye my hair purple and never wear shoes again. Um, (laughs) But then I wound up getting the most corporate massage job possible. I uh, spent about 15 years working for Massage Envy. It's a national chain of massage franchises. uh, And I was their trainer and um, vice president of operations and working directly with business owners on increasing their business and profitability and training their staff and a little bit of everything. Uh, and then I wanted to change again. So I did another change. But now I'm well,
0: let, let's talk about that. So you started <laughs> as a massage therapist. Yeah. And then you grew within the organization to yeah. to do all the operations, logistics, yeah. working with the businesses. Um, yeah. Like I'm sure that alone, that journey alone, you learned so many skills along the way.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is, and, and I think this serves uh, serves me well in cybersecurity, in tech in general, um, is being able to speak the business to the people and people to the business. Um, And I think that that's the same thing as when you want to talk tech to the board or the CEO or to someone out of tech, getting them to understand why something is important in a language that they understand, which isn't necessarily the language that it's it's in. Um, I think that's really served me well in in getting back into into tech is being able to um, speak the language of whoever whoever you're trying to communicate with.
0: And. So you, you you now you go from running operations to operational technology security awareness. Like, yeah. what got you interested in operational technology? Because that's yeah. already such a niche space. And then security awareness um, within that.
1: Yeah. Um, I always say that my career path is the uh, shiny object career path. I see something and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I, I go for it. Um, so, uh, right around the time that I was feeling like I had done everything I could possibly do at Massage Envy, um, I was approached by, uh, a woman that I had worked for before I left technology. Well, actually she posted on Facebook, um, tech needs more women. So I responded, I like, is it, I've been out of tech for like almost 20 years. Is it too late for me? And she's like, never. Um, So I connected with her and through her, I wound up being, uh, getting into uh, being a project manager for an InfoSec team, uh, which is such a great thing. Like project management in a tech space, if you don't have the, the current technology or any technology, being tech adjacent while people are spinning up their projects really gives you such insight into so many different things. Um, And on the side, I worked for her uh, and did some work for her private clients. So she has private clients that are trying to get HIPAA compliant or GDPR compliant. So I wound up doing a lot of work with her with policies and procedures. I got my uh, certified information privacy professional uh, certification through her. And I thought that was a really great way to get interested and... um, Knowledgeable about the topics without having to get so deep down into the into the tech. I think uh, if you're if you don't have any tech background at all, diving right down into ports and protocols and firewalls and all that can be can be demotivational because it's unless yeah. you're working in networking, it's so hard to wrap your head around those things. Um, but through her, part of these um, part of getting these companies up and running on their compliance is. They have to have policies and procedures, but they also have to have training. They have to provide, show that they can train their staff on these things. So I create, was creating cybersecurity awareness training, and that was the part that I loved the most. Um, and so as I was looking to maybe move out of project management, I was started to wonder what my next step was going to be. So I actually reached out to a, a career counselor. And I actually just just wrapped up with her because I love this job that I'm in now that I don't need her anymore. I fired her because she has done her job. Um, And she really helped me kind of think about what my next step was, what in technology I was really interested in, uh, and it's the training piece. Uh, And so when I got uh, approached by the company I'm at now to do cybersecurity awareness training, I had never done anything with uh, OT, with operational technology before but I thought well, I could learn it. And I, and I think that's the part that I love most about training is that I have to learn it myself. Yeah. Um, I have to learn it to train it. So, uh, so that's where I am now. And I'm actually super happy with where I am.
0: Wow. Well, let's talk about that. <clears throat> learn it to train it, because I think oftentimes this is where individuals that might not be technical, um, Individuals that are scared of tech, like you mentioned, go, going deep down in the ports, that might sound scary to some. Um, like, how did you go about learning it? Like, do you what, what's your approach to learning something completely new and being comfortable enough to talk about it the next day or the next week um, to people that think you're gonna be the expert on it because they right. they see you as the expert on it.
1: 100%. And and I think remembering that um that you're that you're just a, a person and and never being af- rarely being afraid to say that's an excellent question I don't know let me find out and get back to you. Um I think that that has always helped but um doing it. Um so when I used to do computer training a long time ago they would hand you a manual and I would literally as if I was the learner try to figure out and then, you know, you're in a dialogue box and you're like, what does that do? Someone's going to ask me what that does. And not being afraid to uh, to try it and to and to mess it all up and, and start all over again. Um, to get into cybersecurity, when I first started, they were speaking a completely different language. I mean, not only had I not been in tech for a long time, I'd never been in cybersecurity. I mean, cyber, when I left tech, cybersecurity was, you know not mainstream like it is like it is now. And I took furious notes. If you could see the notes that I, I was like transcribing meetings uh, and then I would go and I would Google all of the terms that I didn't know so that I could figure out what it was. Um, and I know that there's a lot of feelings on both sides on, about certifications, um, but I think getting a certification helps you understand it gives you focus on what you should, what you could be learning in a path that's less random. Um, I'm also a big fan of somebody said something and I'm going to Google it to see what it means. Um, but that's not a path, like a sort of like, learning to figure out your security plus, um, the people that do the CISSP just launched um, an introductory cybersecurity um, certification that's less, slightly less technical than the security plus, Less. And things like that, I think that's a great place to start. Um, Because just like when I went to massage school, you can do all different types of massage. Um, And you could start off thinking, I've never done any massage. I want to be a sports massage therapist. But then once you start doing sports massage, you're like, well, this isn't really what I like. I'm more interested in prenatal massage or relaxation massage. Um, So I I think getting something pretty general like uh, the intro. A cybersecurity certification or Security Plus helps you figure out um, kind of what you're interested in, and, and and you know, I think everyone starts out thinking they want to be a pen tester because it's legal crime, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh you're going to pay me to break into something that's awesome, um, but to be good at it, there's you know you have to know ports, you have to know networking, you have to know some scripting, there's a lot of technical stuff that maybe that's not right for everybody. Um, but I, for me, I studied, I, I studied for the network plus exam and then I studied for the security plus exam. And that really helped give me some background in, um, in knowing what I wanted. And I think because I'm interested in all of it, training is really great because I get to be a generalist and know a decent amount of stuff about a lot of things instead of having to know a lot about, about one thing.
0: And that's just thinking of the, the the tech side. Now you have to even incorporate the, the operational technology side, which for many that, that don't know, uh, this is often potentially archaic technology that wasn't meant to be on an IP network. And now you have to figure out, okay, well, how can I, how can we secure this? And then how can we still interact with it while, it, while it's on a potentially hostile network and ensure that we can um, it won't kill anyone in the process
1: right and that, I think that's um, sort of the tra- training I'm working on putting together right now is the difference between IT and Ot uh, security well, you know everything you know about IT security means nothing essentially well a little bit but most of it means nothing for for ot OT security and, and, and what does that mean? Just because it's impossible to secure an OT network doesn't mean you shouldn't try. So, um, and I'm a huge fan of, of resources. And I think one of the best things, in my mind, one of the best things about the cybersecurity space is that there's so much free content because everyone's looking, just like you. I mean, you are doing this and helping so many people learn where they might want to go in cybersecurity. That's free, anybody can just hop on and and learn about any of the things that any of your guests learn about. Um, Infosec Twitter is crazy, um, but also a great source of information. Um, But then there's places you can pay for, like Udemy has has a really great um, OT cybersecurity, OT security course that I took that's really helpful. people lend me like I someone took the SANS ICS um, uh, class and they lent me their book you know like there's so everyone's if you really are interested someone out there is is willing to help you if if you're genuine and you really want to learn there's so many people out there that that want to bring other people up and and bring people around along
0: yeah that definitely agree and I think it goes back to your original point of like asking for it and networking and building that rapport with individuals because like you said, authentically asking for it versus like demanding it. You have something for
1: of- me <laughs> yeah,
0: right. to you and be like get me a job or like fix my resume, like um sorry i don't do that first of all and second of all you're not paying me so like uh, unless we've built a rapport like just giving you my time like that's expensive like yeah let's, let's build some friendship let's build a relationship and then i can help you um but demanding stuff from strangers is probably not helpful
1: is very common, but very not helpful. When I, um, when I was in the beginning stages of trying to figure out, I mean, I've always been a trainer, so I don't know why it took me so long to get back into, into training. Any job I ever do has always been some form of training. Um, but I took a whole bunch of people in, in the InfoSec community that I followed that also followed me, because I knew, you know, it wasn't just random. They also followed me, and I, I reached out to them on Twitter, and I said, you know, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up in cybersecurity. <laughs> would you mind having a conversation with me about what you do? Sort of this this podcast, right? What you do here. Well, talk to me about what you do, what you like about, what you don't like about it. And I would say seven people. Agreed to to talk with me. I had phone calls. I had, I had Zoom calls. I just in text, and they were so willing to to share information with me and and tell me what they liked about their jobs and what they didn't like about their jobs. Uh, that kind of gave me a good perspective on what else was was out there instead of just randomly choosing coding, you know, uh, or you know, networking or or any of those things. So. Uh, definitely ask
0: for help and, and talk to people. I think that's, that's. Yeah. One one of the, one of the challenges that I do, um, I call it the job seekers challenge and it's like find that one role that you like um, go out and find six different job descriptions for that one role. They'll all be different, but there'll be an average um, that you can create from them, assess yourself to that average, and then see where the gaps might be. Um, like, how many of those boxes do you tick? And then reach out to six people and see if the boxes that you don't tick are really important to the role. Because oftentimes there'll be that extra thing that, that the manager needs or that company might need, but that might not be really relevant to everyone's role. Um, so, and then like talk to those people, figure out what they do, what they like. And then you might find out that you don't like the role. Um, <laughs> you you've only invested at this point, I don't know, a couple hours in doing that. So, right, better than spending ten thousand dollars at a boot camp just to figure. I right. like it.
1: Right, and I think uh, you said a couple of important things just right in there. And I and I think one is, um, you will never have, you will never have all of the things in a job description in a job that you want if you already do all of the things in that job description you will be bored on the first day um so you need to figure out what the things are that you don't do that you could fake or you could learn on the job um and uh and so i think apply for jobs that you aren't 100 percent qualified for um because i do think passion and and desire to learn are are hard to get across in a resume, which is why cover letters are important. Um, but uh, but also, you want to be passionate. You want you want to work at a company that you're passionate about. But people want to hire people that are excited to work there. So um, I definitely use the check out job descriptions to see what what jobs were and to see what certifications they were. Like I was thinking about going for the cybersecurity CYSA plus. Um, and then I looked at a whole bunch of job jobs that I was interested in. And none of them asked for that certification. And so, while that's a good certification, maybe to have for some jobs, it would have been—I don't want to say wasted time—but it wouldn't have gotten me to where I wanted to go, based yeah. on based on what those jobs were asking for. And, and I, I think that's—I think looking thinking of a job you think you might like and looking at what people are looking for is is so huge. I, I agree with you on that one.
0: And. I hate to be bold, but where do you get the confidence? Because <laughs> um, oftentimes, um, someone who's been out of the job market for twenty plus years, um, haven't ha- hasn't been in this specific industry, um, doesn't meet the job requirements. Like you're going, uh, I don't know if I should apply for this role. Like, where, where do you get that confidence? Like, how can we? relate to them that it's possible to do this and and to get their role
1: yeah so uh, part of it is i have always been a fake it till you make it sort of person um you know i i nod a lot when i have no idea what they're talking about and then i look it up later um which which has gotten me very far in life but when it comes to applying for jobs apply for the job if you don't get it you're in the exact same position you were in before you applied for the job um, but maybe you got an interview if you didn't get the job, but you got an interview, and you made a connection with the person, and you heard about what they are looking for, and maybe that's something you're interested in learning more about. You have nothing to lose by a, a little bit of your time, right, to, to, to apply for the job and maybe write a little cover letter. And I'm a huge fan of the cover letter if you don't have the experience because you want to be able to explain why they should consider you anyway. Uh, but that's it. That's that's what you lost in applying for a job that you're not hundred percent qualified for is that time. Um, I love this job that I'm doing now, but the um, New York Times was hiring for a cybersecurity awareness trainer. And I would think it'd be cool to say I worked for the New York Times. So I applied for that job. I don't I'm not looking. I'm not looking work, I'm not looking. Um But I, uh, but I applied and, and they didn't, they didn't want me, but I didn't lose anything by applying for that job. Uh, I I think the confidence is, um, it's less about confidence and more about let, let them decide if you're, if you're qualified for the job, don't, don't pre disqualify yourself. Let, Let that, let them decide if you're qualified, let them talk to you. Yeah.
0: Let's focus um, a little bit on the OT side. Describe to our listeners that might not be aware of operational technology um, some of the differences, because like before talking to you today, I talked to a um, a Ford technician that was interested in coming into cybersecurity, and I asked him, like, how much of your job is computer related? And he said, 75% because most of the diagnostics on the cars are all happening via computers. And I I think a lot of people miss how much of um, operational technology, IOT cars are all computerized today.
1: Yeah, Um, and and I think there's definitely a piece to operational technology that's, IT is focused on, on um, security right uh, uh, data data pri- data security and o t is focused on human lives safe safety and so safety is the big um, is the priority for o t not information um, and so really thinking about how you keep systems moving without messing them up but being able to keep them safe so a lot of OT, a lot of o t security is Figuring out how to um, not patch things like IT, not reboot things like IT, but um, but mitigating circumstances, right? What are your compensating controls? How do you keep uh, this system that's proprietary and runs on Windows XP and thus can't be <laughs> can't be patched? Um, <laughs> how do you keep that like How do you keep that safe? How do you keep it from? Um, from getting compromised and shutting down, and it shuts down uh, the water, water treatment plants, or transportation, or a car. I mean, and so it's it's less about um, there's some patching and there's some vulnerability management, but I think it takes a lot of creativity to look at how to how to compensate for the inherent weaknesses because your OT systems, I mean, maybe less, less in cars, right? Um, because they're newer technology, but you have a water treatment plant, for example, and that, oh, that's, that technology is, you know, maybe older than me, you know, cause I'm young. Um, I know, uh, you know, 20, 25, 30 years old, that technology is, um, they're not upgrading it. It's, it's, that's a, you know, a $2 million piece they're not they're not upgrading it so trying to figure out how to how to make it safe without upgrading it without patching it without all those things so uh yeah, yeah
0: I think I think the scale of the equipment when you think of OT, like um a bridge or a yeah. water treatment plant like yeah. or even an ultrasound um right. the the amount invested in that that piece of equipment um, a company is not likely to upgrade that anytime soon because they want to try to get as much out of it as possible. And other times um, that was a one-off custom made um, programmatic logic controller PLC um, just for that piece of equipment and it can't be replicated. Like you have to make a new one and that's with a new PLC. So you have to make, everything new and custom again for, for that um
1: yeah. yeah and i think that when uh when you think about it security um you we update we upgrade a server and it it bricks the server you have data backups and you can rebuild that server and it that's you know it's time consuming but it's it's possible uh if you brick an ot device you know i mean there's redundant systems hopefully and all all of that stuff but it, it but it's not the same. You're not just running over to the store and grabbing another, you know, three million dollar piece of equipment and and rebuilding it. So they're really, um, as much as your users in the IT world hate you updating things in the OT world, they don't want you touching their stuff ever, because what if like what if it goes wrong? Like that's a that's a that's a bigger that's a that's a big hurdle to overcome. And I think that's sort of where cybersecurity awareness comes in play, is to let them know what bad things can happen if we if we don't put these controls in place, if we don't do the upgrades that we can do.
0: So as we're approaching the the bottom of the hour, the end of our show, um, what one piece of sage advice would you give to someone who wants to follow into your footsteps into the OT world and um help with security over there.
1: Uh it's a huge, it's a huge new, it's I don't know if it's new, but it's a really growing field. There's a huge opportunity. Uh, and oh boy, one sage advice. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's cool because it's less um less tech, IT tech, less information tech and more stuff. So if you like stuff building things, seeing how things work, mechanical things. OT is very cool. Um, and for training, if you like talking to people, you can be a trainer. Uh, and if you like sharing information, you could be a trainer. Uh, and, and we need more people. We need more trainers out there. So I say go for it.
0: Perfect. <laughs> well, I want to, um, thank you so much. Um, but before we go, I want to uh, share some comments that we've gotten along the way. And, um, I think so. Rob Roy says, I love the fake it till you make it. Love it. Um, (laughs) We have Aaron that says, Doreen, you're providing such great information. Wesley says, ignore the job descriptions and apply anyway.
1: I agree. Um, I agree.
0: (laughs) Great advice. And then we have some folks coming from across the world. Um, Looks like we have some folks coming from Uganda. Hello, Uganda. appreciating that we're sharing all this information and Aaron just says love the passion and excitement you totally made his day so thank
1: you um, you too
0: <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for coming on today Doreen um for everyone watching follow us on linkedin follow us on youtube hit that subscribe and notification button and if you get us after the fact on podcast uh feel free to share with all your friends all around the world And thank you, everyone, for joining us.
1: Thank you, everyone. Thanks for having me, Chris. It was really great. I appreciate it.